Hi, this is Laura Powers with Healing Powers Podcast. And if you want to improve your communication skills, you need to be listening to the Art of Communication Podcast with Greg Rice. Welcome to the Art of Communication, where entrepreneurs learn to grow their business more effectively through mastering their ability to connect to others. Whether you're looking to increase revenue, widen your network, or just getting others to buy into your vision, we'll help you dramatically transform your business and life by communicating more effectively, improving your leadership skills, and reinvesting time back into your family. You're only one good conversation away from transforming your business and your life, so let's start the conversation with your host, Greg Rice. What's up, guys? Today I'm talking with Laura Powers. Laura is a celebrity psychic. She's also the host of six different podcasts. That's right, six. Many of them are actually in the top 100, including her flagship podcast, The Healing Powers Podcast. And she's actually been doing it for over nine years and is a true pioneer in the podcasting space. Not many have been doing it for that long. On top of that, she's also written seven books on the topics of spirituality, spirituality, angels, and, and her work as a psychic. And finally, she's also an actress, a singer, and a model, so she does a wide range of things and does them very successfully. Um, her psychic business focuses on, on helping people answer questions and kind of take that next step in their lives um, by connecting with spiritual powers on the other side, and, and, and she loves to do that. So some of the things that we talked about was how she quickly builds trust with her clients, um, you know, when they're sitting down around a very sensitive topic. We also talked about her strategy for listening and asking questions to get her clients to open up. And we talked about how she's had so much success getting her own story out there to the national media and got, has gotten so much visibility into the things that, that she's working on. So Laura's just a, an amazing person. This was a fantastic discussion. Um, it was a look for me into a world that I really don't know very much about. But that being said, she relies on the same communication fundamentals that any business person does. And I think that, that there's a lot of great lessons in this episode for you. Laura, thank you so much for joining us on the Art of Communication podcast today. I'm so happy to join you. I love communication, so I'm super excited and <laughs> I've really enjoyed connecting with you too. <laughs> Great, great, great. Um, I'm, I'm, one of the reasons I'm excited to talk to you is that you've done so many different things, right? And you do so many different things. All that's, I mean, everything centers around communication, but um, really many of the things that you do, I think storytelling, listening, communication are the key. So I'm really excited to kind of get into it from a couple of different angles from you or with awesome. you. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You already said it, but yeah, I love to communicate, <laughs> express myself. <laughs> Good deal. Good deal. So like I said, you do so many things, right? So you host multiple podcasts, you've written several books, acting, modeling, working in politics, education, of course, all the psychic work that you do. So I'm curious of kind of what's the common theme across all those threads that has gotten you into all those different areas? Yeah. You know, I think the driving force for me is communicating, teaching, sharing. That's always the thing for me one way or the other. And I mean, I started teaching it when I was young, you know, I was one of those people that like, whatever I did, I became the manager, even though like the people that were like working with me were like 30 years older than me. You know, <laughs> I was always the one kind of running things, even though, like when I was young. And I think I just have always had this desire to teach, to share, to communicate. And so whatever I do, that ends up being a thread. So, you know, if I'm writing, I end up, you know, teaching as a psychic or end up, whatever I do, I end up wanting to share that with people. I just love doing it. I love connecting with people. So I think that's part of it too. Yeah. I think it's hard for people to be so talented at it in so many different ways, 
right? Like maybe folks can do a podcast, but writing a book is hard. And then acting is something, a completely different skill set. So it's pretty amazing that you're able to communicate with folks through so many different mediums, not at once, but, you know, throughout your life. Well, you know, I did a podcast episode recently with an author of a book on creativity, and I thought it was really great. He studied or he cited a study in there that was about communication, I mean, excuse me, about creativity and how creative people are. And it was really interesting because they looked at a bunch of different kids. And this was a study that was done by, I believe, by NASA. And children that were around, I think it was five, but young, young kids were basically all but 2%. So 98% of them were considered extremely creative. Hmm. Interesting. And then you fast forward to, I think it was the year 30 that they chose and only 2% were extremely creative. (laughs) Completely flipped. Yeah. And, and what I feel is that it's something that's taught out of us. I feel like in our nature, almost everyone has this capability, but society basically teaches us to just kind of narrow down, you know, fo- I, I heard that message, I'm like, you got to focus on something, you know, and I've just realized that my nature, if when I focus too much, I actually feel stifled and mm-hmm. limited and it, it keeps me from actually being really productive. And I do think that that varies from person to person, but I also feel like a lot more people are that way than maybe they realize because it's been kind of trained out of them. It's uh, for me, the connection between uh, creativity and communication is really interesting one, one that I haven't really thought much about, but you know, your ability to have empathy for a variety of different people is somewhat driven by how creative you can be in your own imagination about what they're experiencing. And if you're too rigid in your thinking and you're not very creative, it gets harder and harder, I think, to connect to lots of different kinds of people. Well, yeah, even communication, I think, is inherently creative in the sense of you are taking information, synthesizing it and putting it into your own words. I mean, unless you're literally just saying the things that other people have said, (laughs) there is automatically a creative element to it. For sure. For sure. So tell me a little bit about the psychic work that you do, because it fascinates me. I think there's a really interesting conversation about communication in that work. So yes. So uh, yeah, sorry, I I didn't mean to interrupt you. (laughs) No, no, I was going to say, so just tell me a little bit about kind of how you got started and kind of what your focus is with that. Sure. So I do a lot of different work that's in the sort of general psychic realm. I am a psychic medium, which means I communicate with spirits on the other side. I channel angels, so connect with and communicate with angels for people. I also uh, learned and started working with animals, uh, requests from my clients. So I'm an animal communicator and an animal medium. So I use those abilities to do a lot of different things. I also teach about those things, angels, manifesting, psychic abilities. And it's really significant in terms of my story. Like I grew up basically being really psychic, but not understanding that I was. I actually thought I was crazy because I'm very clairvoyant, which means seeing. So I saw things that other people didn't see, that most people don't see. And it took many years for me to come to terms with that. A family friend actually described a ghost that I'd seen, but never told anyone about. And that was a turning point for me because it made me realize like, oh, this isn't in my head. <laughs> if he said it and I never told him, it can't be my hallucination, right? That's not generally how hallucinations work. So, you know, I realized at that point that I wasn't crazy, but I still was pretty freaked out about it. Didn't really know what to do. It, it was a different time then. Now with the internet, things have changed a lot in terms mm-hmm. of it's so much easier to find other people that have this, teachers, resources. And so I blocked it out for many years and then fast forward many years and I was in a bad place in my life. I was physically sick. I was unemployed. I was in a bad marriage. And it all kind of came to a head for me during the recession. 
And what I came to realize as the, the process of this shift was that I really needed to face my psychic abilities. And instead of trying to ignore them, I needed to come to terms with them, learn how to handle it. And so I had a huge life change after that. And things turned around and started taking classes, you know, and I went from working in government and politics to being a psychic, a professional psychic. I mean, like, there's not much more of a bigger change that you can do (laughs) than that. And it changed my life so profoundly and in really wonderful ways that I feel really passionate about helping other people access their own abilities. Because intuition, psychic abilities, they're basically a way for you to better navigate in your life. I mean, it's, you know, we all have heard of intuition. I think we recognize that it's important, but if you're ignoring your intuition, that's when the really bad things can happen. When you just go off track, you struggle and kind of hitting that brick wall over and over again without making forward progress. Yeah, definitely been there. So a couple of things yeah. I want to get into there. One, it just kind of came up as you were talking and it's kind of relationships in the context of making significant change in your own life, right? I mean, you were in kind of the political space. You probably had a network of friends in the political space. All of a sudden you make this huge shift which was probably terrifying to communicate. And I'm curious how it went, how those first conversations went, how did you communicate with people about that? And, and how did those relationships end up going? Yeah. So yeah, it was a big change. I call it my coming out of the psychic closet, (laughs) (laughs) you know, really come out in a sense of like, Hey guys, yeah, this is the real me. This has always been there. Not like it was a sudden thing. I'd always been there. Just didn't talk about it. And this is pretty commonplace actually. So yeah, there were some people that I think couldn't really handle it, didn't know what to do. And I, I would say I lost some people as friends or kind of more associates, people that I, I knew casually. But I also gained a lot of people. And there were many people who surprised me in terms of them being supportive and more just curious about it. And and it's interesting because I also, have, over the years, have had a lot of clients that were in government and politics, you know, clients that worked at the White House or, you know, were high up in positions, elected positions, government politics. I have a lot of lawyers as my clients, which I think is really fascinating. That's not something that you would, you know, guess. But yeah, those who could kind of have it came along the ride with me and those that didn't, it was basically like, well, I'm not for them and they're not for me and that's okay. (laughs) You know, I I think it's best to focus on those who are aligned with you one way or the other. And I'm also not trying to convince anyone because I don't expect other people to believe what I believe because they don't have the same experiences that I have. You know, my, my beliefs are based on my experience and my abilities. And if you don't have that, you're probably going to have a very different worldview. Yeah. Yeah. For you, you're in such a better place now. And I think uh, sometimes folks feel they want to make a change, but they're afraid to because they have to have those conversations and communicate with folks in their lives about, Hey, I want to be somebody different than who I am today. It's very scary and very hard, but a lot of times you can get to a better place on the other side if you're willing to fight through that valley. So I think that's a really interesting just conversation. Yeah. And I will say, you know, it's not like it was always easy. There were definitely some challenging aspects. And for example, with my family, like my mom was um, definitely initially supportive. And honestly, I think once I finally came out with some of this stuff, a lot of things growing up made sense because that had always been like weird things that like didn't really make sense that happened around me or, you know, 
that just, it was a puzzle kind of thing. And then afterwards it was like, oh, this all is like the puzzle pieces coming together. Like this makes more sense. But it still was some uncomfortableness because as I came out and started talking about this, I just was like, well, this is me. You know, I'm not going to hide it. I posted on social media about it. I posted a lot about my work. And there was a conversation I had with my mom where she, you know, basically asked me to post less about this stuff. And I was like, nope, you know, you can, you can, you don't have to be my friend on social media. That's fine. It's your call. But I, I am going to post about this. So you can either get comfortable with it or you can unfriend me, whatever you want to do. <laughs> Hopefully but she's still your friend. She is. Yeah. I think <laughs> it just, it was just uncomfortable, you know, and some of this is about, there's certain things that in kind of society we kind of haven't talked about. And I think it's actually time to talk about all these things. You know, we need to talk about things that are happening, race and, um, you know, sexual trafficking and all these kinds of things. Like, yeah, they're really uncomfortable, but you know what? We need to, to face them and address them because they're real. 100%. Yeah. And we're never going to make progress until we're willing to have those kinds of conversations and be willing to respect other people's points and try to understand where they're coming from yeah. and not just yell about how we're right and they're wrong. Exactly. Yeah. So it's kind of sometimes moving through that uncomfortableness helps us grow and helps us address these things that are important. So I'm happy to say that things are great with my mom and myself right now. So that <laughs> we were able to move through that. Uh, but yeah, I think that a lot of times these, when people are stepping into something that's kind of not the mainstream thing, it brings us up. But I think when we can do that, especially if it's something that we have a, a strong internal drive to do, that's actually our greatest strength when we can move through that kind of challenge. Um, things get much better for us. Yeah, 100%. So thinking now about kind of the work that you do, a couple questions around how you connect with your clients, right? So one part of what you do, you obviously have to build trust pretty quickly with folks who you're just meeting. So I'd love to hear your thoughts around how you do that. Sure. So a lot of my business is repeat clients and referrals. And I'll tell you a story about, uh, you know, kind of how I started. So again, you know, I started, I was in politics and government, like this was way out of left field. I started out by just intuiting who were some people that might benefit from a reading. And I offered to give them a free reading just to get the word out, something brand new. And one of my friends later told me that when I offered to give her a reading, she felt bad for me. She thought I was crazy and basically was just kind of humoring me like, Oh, I feel so bad for you, but okay, I'll just do this for you. <laughs> so she, so we did the reading, but then in the reading, I got the things that were spot on. I couldn't have known. One of them was I was communicating with her dead mother-in-law, like, you know, really specific stuff. And she cried and she like knew it was real. And then she told all her friends and wow. You know, that kind of thing. It tends to be a lot of referral. I mean, of course, I, I'm on the media a lot. So people sometimes may hear about me from an interview or something or television or my podcast. Um, but it's a lot of people that connect with me through referral or they watch me, hear me, and something just kind of resonates for them. And then they reach out. Yeah. So kind of when you're sitting down with them, they already have a certain level of trust because either you've worked with them before or you or they've heard of you and have been referred to you. Right. Yes. And the other thing is, uh, this wasn't the case when I was starting, but I, I do charge quite a bit for my services. So, mm -hmm. you know, if you're unsure, you probably aren't going to pay that mm. amount. <laughs> to start. Uh, so most people are already pretty invested by the time they're actually working with me. Yeah. There's an important point in that though, in that when you're charging what you're worth, you tend to get much higher quality clients, right? Um, oh, because yeah. the folks who you get are serious. 
Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and the more people spend, I find the more they're actually willing to commit like themselves as well. It's kind mm -hmm. of the opposite of what you might expect. Like uh, the less people pay, sometimes the less willing they're, they are to commit, do work. Not always, but I have certainly found that in many cases. And I, I had a really noticeable shift when I started charging a uh, 200 an hour and I charge well above that now. But I remember when I started charging that and I had for the first time I had someone that just like found me on my website and booked me. Like that was the first time that ever happened where I didn't have like a personal connection. And they're like, oh yep, sounds good. You know, I remember being like, oh my gosh, this is so cool. <laughs> you know? And it was like once I raised at a certain level, I attracted a certain type of client and it was really powerful. So I think that happens for a lot of people where they're actually underpricing and then they're getting people that are harder to work with, not as committed, not as filled with faith or belief in the process, whatever that is. It doesn't have to be just like it could be whatever you do. Absolutely. I think that rule applies. But first, have you ever thought about doing your own podcast? I'll tell you, if you're a business owner, you absolutely should be. There's no better way to get your name out there, to grow your network, and really develop a relationship with your customers. I can tell you in the short time that I've been doing this podcast, I've already had conversations with top global influencers, Fortune 500 CEOs, and a host of other really cool people that I otherwise would not have had the opportunity to connect with. But you might be thinking, hey, it might be really hard to do a podcast. I don't know where to start, or I just don't have time. But I'll tell you, if you work with my friends at World Class Media, they make it super easy. That's who I worked with. With their done-for-you podcast, literally, all I have to do is just record the episode and they do everything else from end-to-end, end, including all editing and production, development of my intro and outro and music, my artwork and website, development of my show notes, and submission of my show to all the major podcasting mediums. They even created my social media cards. And they offer me coaching along the way as well to help me to become a world-class podcaster right out of the gate. So if you've ever considered starting a podcast, you owe it to yourself to talk to world-class media because that's how it's a lot easier than you think. So just go to gregjrice.com backslash done for you to learn more about the done for you podcast service and to set up a free consultation. All right, let's hop into the show. Absolutely. Couldn't agree more with that. So you're sitting down with them and talking to them about whatever challenge they're facing, right? I think a big part of what you do is listening effectively, right? So I'd love to get your thoughts on how we can be better listeners. Yeah. A lot of what I do is similar to counseling in the sense of I end up hearing a lot, of course, instead of just using my sort of counseling tools, if I had gone to school for counseling, I'm getting information from some other sources. Mm -hmm. But I think the most important thing is just to be receptive, to really get at what is it that that person is looking for. Because sometimes even I've had this come to me and the you know surface level of the reading is for information. But then I get into them like, oh, they just want me to listen. They literally just want to be heard, you know? So it is very important to, to kind of sense and pay attention to what is going on, not just in the words, but underneath. Like, what is that person really looking for? Are they looking for validation? Are they looking for some solutions? Do they want to be heard? You know, and if you just push with you, whatever it is that you are supposed to do. Like there have been times I'm like, this person is paying me a lot of money to listen to them <laughs> from my perspective, but who am I to judge? Like if that's what they want, you know, even though I'm a psychic and the surface level 
aspect is that I'm supposed to give them guidance or support information spiritually. If they just want someone to listen to them, then that's what I'm happy to do that. Yeah, no, that's great. And I think part of it is also asking good questions, right? To be able to get underneath and help them get a new perspective, maybe on whatever it is that they're struggling with. Do you have a framework or an approach to question asking that you leverage? Well, I always start with just asking a general overview of what inspired them to book a session. So that will often get at the heart of the matter of what's, you know, what's going on. Is it a relationship that's in struggle? Is it, you know, work, work issues, you know, health, whatever it is. And then I always also get additional guidance from the angels. So I'll, I'll do an invocation, check in with angels and like, you know, they're pretty good at steering me in a good direction. So that, uh, and sometimes they have a different idea than the client. Like sometimes I'll get like, Hey, I know you're asking about this, but the angels are saying, I should really talk to you about this other thing. <laughs> like, Hey, by the way, you're really psychic. I know you're struggling with, you know, feeling ill, but actually it's part of it's because you're psychic and you're suppressing all this energy and it's making you sick. Wow. That's fascinating. As an example. <laughs> yeah. No, that's really cool. That's just amazing. So awesome. So change topics a little bit. So you've also done a number of books, right? You do a good bit of writing. I'd love to get your perspective on just telling a good story, right? And how you incorporate stories into your writing and how we can all become better storytellers. Yeah. So I have seven books and then I have two more books coming out this year, one shortly and then one around the holidays. <laughs> I do channel a lot when I write. So that's part of it helps uh, for it to be faster in terms of the writing process. But yeah, I think you really brought it up. Telling the story is what really draws people in. I mean, people can Google facts like, you know, so easily now. So it's not really about information. When people want to read a book, it's because they want to hear a story and they also want to hear how it relates to them. So I think it's very important that you make it relatable and also help people understand how your story is connected with them or has, you know, application for them. And I think it's just by being authentic and to the heart is one of the easy ways to do that. I think a lot of us are taught this sort of academic style of writing. And there's nothing wrong with that. And it certainly has its place. I certainly did a lot of that in my master's degree and, you know, at university. But that's not what people want to read, especially in their spare time. You know, you don't want to read a university textbook. <laughs> you sure. want to read a story. And you also want to read probably something that's inspiring or illuminating. So just making sure that you're approaching things from not a sort of dry perspective. And I, I had to kind of train myself out of that because it was it's like a very different approach to do academic writing, which I had a lot of experience in before I wrote mm -hmm. my first book to like switch to writing more memoir style, like sharing information on this very unacademic topic, <laughs> which is the psychic realm. <laughs> yeah, no, that's fascinating. And speaking about stories, you've also done a really great job of getting your own story out there. Right. You mentioned kind of doing a lot of media, getting just getting the word out there very effectively in a very broad way. So if you have any tips around how we can better share our stories with the world and kind of get out there, I'd love to hear those as well. Yeah. So one of the first things is to set intentions to do that. I feel like we can't really manifest or create something without first having the idea, mm -hmm. uh, make it possible in our minds. And I'm a big advocate of literally asking for help, um, both from physical sources, you know, friends, people in your circle and, you know, the sort of divine, whatever that means for you, universe, spirit, angels, whatever that is <laughs> for you, mm -hmm. ask for help with that. And I'll give an example of how that worked for me. So 
when I was very first starting my business uh, and I was starting from scratch, you know, no one knew about me and everyone thought about me more in politics and government. So this was like not an area I was known in. So I was trying to establish myself, get the word out. And I did ask the help from my angels and sort of spirit team for help with media. And shortly after I started my business, I got the idea to do readings at a local coffee shop. And I didn't want to do it. I'll be honest. I really didn't want to do it at all. I didn't want to do it in public. I was still like freshly out of the closet, so to speak. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Sounded uncomfortable, but I just kept getting that feeling. And my, you know, friends who own the coffee shop said, yeah. So I put up a, a flyer in the window and that same day that I had put the flyer in the window, the managing editor of the local paper called and asked if he could write a story about me. Wow. And he did. So two days later, there was a story about me in the regional newspaper. And this is in Colorado. So it was in the Daily Camera regional paper about me, full color photo, like long end of story about me, my work, how I worked. Um, and my phone started ringing. So I, I, t- I bring that example because I, I asked my team for help. And then I asked my friends, you know, can I do readings near coffee shop? And a lot of people think they need to hire a PR person or, you know, do all this fancy stuff. And it's getting the word out, being open to the opportunities. And then a lot of times things will manifest. I mean, a lot of my biggest things have come in that way, you know, being on Will Ferrell's Ron Burgundy podcast, they reached out to me. I never pitched anyone. They just like reached out to me. BuzzFeed was the same client of mine, referred me to someone who worked at BuzzFeed. Bam, I have a BuzzFeed video, you know? So (laughs) these kinds of things, it's it's not something that you necessarily have to have expertise in, but you do have to follow the intuition be open and ready. Now, by the time I got to Will Ferrell, I had already done a lot of things. So I, I think, yeah, you want a photo, you want you know press materials and things like that to get some of those bigger opportunities, but you can lead up to that. And also just start wherever you are. If you know other podcasters, or even if you don't reach out to podcasters, start out with a podcast reel. You know, Just start to build some credibility and get yourself out there and things will, will build over time. Yeah, sometimes you got to take the chance and take the leap and, and good things happen, especially when you're doing great work. So very cool. So change topics a little bit again. So I know you've done some acting, right? So I'd love to t- talk about telling a story from an acting perspective and from a performing perspective, which is, again, a different angle on storytelling and communicating. Yeah, so I think as a, an actress in particular in terms of performing, I absolutely rely a lot on my abilities as a psychic in particular as an empath. So I'm an empath and that means I feel other people's energies and emotions Mm. from outside my body in my body. So it's quite easy for me to tap into like, what does that feel like to be in this other state? Cause I'm doing it all the time (laughs) in my life. So it was a kind of a natural fit in a way to go into acting. And I feel like there's a lot of psychology actually in acting. And so again, with my, my work in, in the psychic realm, it has this kind of spiritual kind of counseling component to it. So I think it's a natural fit to want to explore the sort of human condition internally and externally through acting or with others through this work. And then I also do a lot of channeling. So um, I have one of my books that'll be not this year, but another year, maybe next year is on celebrity channeled messages. And I have done a lot of that. And and I also have performed some songs that some celebrities have done. I'm a singer and songwriter as well. And one day I was performing a Marilyn Monroe song that I sing and one of my friends, she was like, Laura, it was like, it wasn't even you up there. And I said, well, that's because I was channeling Marilyn Monroe. I was like, Hey, Marilyn, help me sing this song. (laughs) Wow. 
It's great to be able to have that kind of <laughs> guidance, right? Yeah. And Marilyn Monroe is a, she's one that I felt connected with ever since I was young. So I do, you know, I do have like a soul connection with her in particular. <laughs> wow. Add st- songwriting and singing to the list, huh? A lot of things to throw on that list. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm actually about to release an EP and I have some other songs I've oh, released awesome. many years ago, but this will be newer stuff. Yeah. Um, again, I feel like a lot of people are super creative, but we just are learned and are learned and are taught not to be over time. Yeah. Kind of have to start it, right? Open up the door and then it's going to kind of flow from there in whatever way is best for you. Yeah. I mean, I don't feel that I'm exceptional in the sense that I feel like this is something that everyone can tap into most people just, I think, don't try or they're scared to. There's a lot of fear, I think, of not... I think some people are afraid of failure, but I think the biggest fear is actually of a lot of success. Mm -hmm. We're scared of what that would mean. We're scared um, actually of being rejected. I think that's an unconscious fear for a lot of people that if I have too much, if I'm too big, if I you know, have too much going on, that that people won't love me. And I think that holds a lot of people back. And I think that it's very true, and but a lot of folks don't realize it, right? Because they're no. not even yeah. thinking about it from that perspective. Yeah, it's under the surface completely. Yeah. So last topic I want to get into before I get into some questions that I ask everybody who I have on the show is just around networking, right? And how you've been able to build up your network and how you manage it and continue to grow your referral base and, and, and all the great things that you do. Well, podcasting is certainly a huge part of that for me. It's, you know, I've been podcasting now for nine and a half years, which is kind of amazing. Yeah. Um, it's, Pioneer. So much has changed in that amount of time, but I feel like podcasting is such an opportunity to connect with other like minded people, to connect with audiences. So I've done that for a long time. And I've always been an advocate of learning and going to conferences, you know, going and meeting people, talking with people, you know, bring business cards. I realize right now as we're recording this, you know, that's that's kind of shut down at least for the time being with the in-person things, but you can still do it for online events, do it on, you know, social media. I think this is really important. And like, I've had so many experiences of going to a conference and I learn just as much, if not more from just the people that I run into and that I meet than I do from the speakers. Mm-hmm. So it's really important to do that, to learn from your peers, to connect. And so much happens through these connections and this network. And in terms of being on podcasts and media, it's so significant for my business that I'm not exaggerating. I'd say like 90 to 95% of my clients and my business base comes from podcasts. Wow. Wow. It's amazing. And you do six of them, right? Of your own. And then you, you, you obviously are on a lot of other people's podcasts. So it's certainly a place where you dedicate a lot of time, but it makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I do. I mean, I'd say it depends on the week and what's happening, but it's, it's pretty common for me to have like say four interviews where I am being interviewed in a week and then I have my own show. So yeah, I am spending a lot of time and energy into it, but I, you know, I have tried various paid marketing efforts and like the non-paid stuff always seems to work out better for me. So I don't know. <laughs> That's where I put my my eggs in the basket, so to speak. <laughs> that makes a lot of sense. That makes a lot of sense. So just a few questions I like to ask everybody who I have on the show. The first one is around the power of conversations, right? So I always like to ask the guests, if there's one conversation that you can point to in your life that had a really big impact on the direction that you ended up taking. Oh gosh. It's always like, which which thing do I talk about? You know, there's a family friend that proved really significant for me. And 
I remember when I was little and he asked me what I wanted to do when I grow up. And I said, I think I said it was a bunch of different things. I think I said acting and modeling and singing and writing. And I wasn't really thinking about like psychic wasn't really in my, <laughs> even my worldview of, of that being a possibility at that point. But I, he laughed at me. And I remember thinking like, what's so funny about that? And I, and in a way that it kind of hurt me, but later I think it was kind of a driver, like, wait a minute, who's this person laughing at me? And I had to kind of circle back to a lot of these things and just say like, yeah, I can do all these things. Who's, who's anyone else to say that I'm, that I can't, you know? So I would say I, that conversation really struck me. And I think I was maybe seven or eight. I mean, I was pretty young. Mm-hmm. And you went on to do all those things, which is yeah. crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And I do think that as children, we often really do have a sense of what we want to do. Mm-hmm. And then again, kind of people, society qu- gets us to question that deep inner knowledge that we have. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we, it, it did, it's not like I started doing that right away. I majored in theater in college. And then I kind of went down this like, oh, maybe I should do these other things. And then I came back to it later. Yeah. Second question. Uh, when you think about all that you've accomplished so far, and uh, if you could have had one communication skill in more abundance, that would have made it all a lot easier for you. What would that have been? <laughs> oh, this one's easy. I think when I was younger, I should have learned how to say no, no more often and more frequently <laughs> because especially as women, you know, I think we're taught to just be very accommodating and say mm-hmm. yes and be a pleaser. And that really didn't serve me. So yeah, I wish I had said no more frequently, more often and with more ease <laughs> when I was younger. <laughs> you think you've learned to say it better now, more effectively? Oh yeah, absolutely. And I, I do think as a psychic, you you have to have pretty strong boundaries or you're just going to get just kind of destroyed in terms of like exhausted, drained, broke. Uh, you know, most psychics actually make hardly any money because they're, they're giving everything, you know, it's funny, everyone wants a reading, but hardly anyone wants to pay for it. So you have to like have those really strong boundaries. Like, Oh, if you want one, here's how you pay. Here's how, here's what you do. Here's the process. (laughs) And then have the conviction to stand up and say, no, I'm not going to do that unless these terms are met. So this being in the psychic world and working in that area has really helped me with those boundaries and also to be able to better see the energetic dynamic of saying no or saying yes. Because the truth is, if you're saying yes all the time, then you probably are getting drained because mm-hmm. that means that there's a lot of people receiving from you and you're not receiving yourself. You probably can't focus on the things you need to be most focused on if you're saying yes to everything. There's always a limited right. spectrum of things where you're going to get the, I guess, biggest bang for your buck. And if you just say yes to everything, you're all over the place. Yeah. And I'm not talking about you know the opportunity that scares you. And so you Mm -hmm. say, no, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about those persistent, like little things. Will you help me with this? Or would you do this thing that isn't, it's not exciting. It's not a big thing. It's just what these, most of us, it's like death by a thousand cuts in terms of our energy, you know, Mm -hmm. five minutes here, 10 minutes there, an hour here, and then you're depleted. (laughs) Good advice. Good advice. So last question for you. Who's the best communicator that you know, either know of or know personally? And why do you say that about them? So does it have to be someone that I, I, I don't know now? Or do, do they, does it have to be of someone who's alive? Not necessarily, no. Okay, I would say William Shakespeare. <laughs> ah, interesting. He's you know, so prolific and 
literally so many terms, expressions, words in our language, even hundreds of years later, come from him. Mm-hmm. And his stories are still known today, or, you know, there's stories that have been modified slightly. It became, you know, the sharks and the jets instead of the Capulets, you know, or whatever. You know, these things, it's pretty incredible. So I think as far as communication goes, he's probably top of the list for me. <laughs> Ah, that's, uh, that, that's really interesting. That's an answer I haven't gotten before. So that's cool. Now, have you done Shakespearean acting? Have you acted in? I have. Yeah, I have. So I majored in theater in college and in high school, we actually did quite a bit of Shakespeare. So uh, it's, it's I've worked on it quite a bit. In fact, we just did some actor friends of mine just did a reading of uh, Macbeth, the Scottish play. And I, I played um, a couple of the witches in that. It was just a casual <laughs> reading. But yeah, no, I've always really loved Shakespeare and his approach. And, uh, you know, the other thing about him is he really knew, I think, how to communicate something in a safe way. Like, there were plays he wrote, it was absolutely criticizing maybe the monarchy or whatever, but he did it like, this is a history play. So, you know, <laughs> you can get by with it. You know, you, you, if you like do it in a fictional way, you can get by with a lot more than if you're just railing on politics currently. That's a fascinating take on it that I haven't thought too much about. So that's interesting. Very cool. So (laughs) where can folks find you? Where can they learn more about what you're up to? So my website for the psychic work is healingpowers.net. And then for the writing, podcasting, like my book that's coming out is on podcasting. That is powershour.biz. And then on the creative side, music, acting and all that. It's laurapowers.net. So I have these three different sites because they're definitely different things. And then I'm on the socials, Twitter at that Laura Powers, Instagram at Laura Powers 44 and on Facebook at Laura Powers. And then uh, one or two of the podcasts that you might point folks towards? Sure. Healing Powers Podcast, which is the same name as my company, is the Mind Body Spirit Show. And then I have Powers Hour where we talk about podcasting, marketing, business, and then behind the scenes is a film and television podcast for people in the industry. And those are um, top 100 quite often, those three shows. Amazing. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for your time, Laura. It was a really fascinating conversation. I don't get to see your side of the world very often. So it was really interesting to just kind of get your take on communication, but also just how you do all the wonderful things that you do. So thank you. Thank you. It's my pleasure. Don't let the momentum stop now. Continue your path towards connecting at another level by joining the Communication Nation. We'll be discussing today's topics as well as more real-world solutions to transforming your life personally and professionally at facebook.com slash groups slash join the Communication Nation. Remember, you're only one good conversation away from transforming your business and life. And that conversation starts right here on The Art of Communication.